My name is Daniel Prince, and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten episode. I hope you enjoyed the pre-music. We have got to pump it up. We're going to hit all-time highs, people. Another monumental moment is coming our way in the world of Bitcoin. And do you just love it? Keep stacking, though. You know you've got to keep stacking. Keep your foot on the gas. Do not give up for one second this thing has so far to run please make sure you're stacking because rishi sunak just came out and gave the most ridiculous address i've ever seen reading cross-eyed from a teleprompter these people have no idea what they are doing or saying stack as hard as you can you can use the usual show sponsors coincorner.com swanbitcoin.com relay.ch use the code bitten or forward slash bitten at all of these places and keep stacking your sats and make sure you take control of them use the bitbox 02 hardware wallet from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten that will get you a five percent discount on anything in your cart brilliant hardware wallet and please if you're new to the game you don't know what one is yet just hit the internet listen to another podcast make sure you get one and you're taking control of your bitcoin very important now, of course, there is a pleb service announcement, and that is about the Bitcoin Conference 2022 in Miami. Go get your tickets. Use the code BITTEN, all caps, at checkout. That will get you 10% discount. All tickets are 100% transferable. That means you can sell them nearer to the time for more than you buy them now. There is zero risk on you buying some tickets right now. But if you do get to travel, you can have the best time in the world. If you don't get to travel because of COVID restrictions, you're going to get 100% discount, uh, excuse me, 100% refund on the price that you bought it at. There's zero, zero downside. Go do it. Today's guest is Oscar Mary. He has made at Fountain App. And you are going to love what we talk about. It's another lightning streaming service. This is going to the moon. Enjoy the show. All right, Oscar, we are recording. Welcome to, uh, welcome, and here is Lauren. Welcome to the Once Bitten podcast, Oscar. How are you? I'm great, thanks, Dan. Great to be on. Well, Lauren, you've been keeping us waiting. You've turned into a real diva. What do you mean? <laughs> the show must go on, Lauren. We've been, here, we've been sitting here just talking, like, for 15 minutes, waiting. Oh. Are you going to start this podcast now? Uh, yes. Okay. Far away. Uh, so, uh, what do you, what do you do as in like work and stuff? Yeah. So, um, my name's Oscar, and I am building a podcasting app called Fountain. So, Fountain is 
um, just the same as many of the other podcast apps I'm sure you've tried. Um, the difference though with Fountain is number one, you can create and share clips of the podcast. So let's say you listen to an amazing episode and you want to share it with a friend. Instead of asking them to listen to the full hour and a half, you can just take the best bit, the bit that you think is the most interesting and share it just as a short two minute audio clip. So it's a way to share the things you find interesting in podcasts in, a, in an easier way. So that's number one. And then number two, you can um, support the podcasters that you're listening to with Bitcoin. So you can, you can stream per minute or you can send a tip and you can also send a message along with the tip. So yeah, that's what we're doing with uh, Fountain. That's very cool. So some people, idea, yeah. some people might be listening to this episode mm -hmm. on Oscar's app called Fountain app, which I'm showing you right here. Mm -hmm. And as they're listening to it, each minute that goes by, they will be streaming, say, 10 sats or something to the podcaster, to the content creator. Mm. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So content creators are getting paid tiny amounts of sats. This is like a, like a tenth of a penny or something. Mm. But if there's thousands of people listening, then that starts adding up. And the podcaster has it connected to their own node. You know the node we have yeah. in the hallway? Uh, I, I thought, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that receives the sats. Mm. This is a whole new world that we're entering. Yeah. yeah. So there's no contract with anybody to get paid for, for doing business. It just completely turns the legacy financial system on its head and legacy business. And now the content creator can just be rewarded directly from the people that are enjoying and listening to the show. All understood? Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It, I, it sounds cool to me. It, do is, you, it is cool. Do you have any other questions? Uh, no. Okay. Okay, yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Lauren. Bye. So, mate, let's, let's back this up um, and figure out what you were doing before this because you, you, you're still pretty young. You're, you're much younger than I am by the looks of things. Uh, so <laughs> what, what, uh, what was going on before you decided to enter into the space of building, you know, sat streaming podcast applications? Yeah. So I guess, um, I studied engineering at university. So got my first taste of like computer programming there. Um, and then, um, got a, my first job was in a big, um, you know, corporate technology consulting company. Um, which wasn't great. And uh, I, I learned a lot, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I left quite quickly. And then uh, had a previous business, which was a uh, uh, started as a digital agency and then moved into more of a studio model. And we were building apps on top of the Amazon Alexa platform. So building games, uh, interactive stories, utility apps, things like that. And I was the CTO of that business. So looking after all the technology side of things, uh, doing a lot of the programming and that sort of thing. And then, yeah, we, we uh, sold that business at the end of 2019. Um, and yeah, that's, and so that's when I was looking for what I wanted to do next. And 
I've always loved podcasts. Um, I'd love to know how many hours of my life I've spent listening to podcasts. Um, but yeah, always loved them and wanted to do something in the audio space, um, in the podcast space. And that was actually where found the idea for Fountain first started. Um, the, the lightning payments we added on afterwards. But I'd always, separate to my like interest in podcasting and audio, had always been you know following bitcoin and especially the past few years had, had gotten really into it and understood it more from a from a monetary um system perspective so yeah that's that's a rough background and where was the business uh, that you were cto of in london in london in the uk yeah that's where i'm based now as well cool so podcasts what well, i mean what podcasts were you first listening to what kind of first turned you on to this this kind of learning platform really the way i look at podcasts yeah that's exactly the way i look at it as well it is a learning platform and there's not many better learning platforms because you you get access to these amazing people around the world um and you get access to them in a way that um is very intimate and also it's not completely polished and packaged up which actually i think it gives you a great um, insight into who they are and, and lets you learn from them in a more real way. Um, I'm trying to remember what the first podcast I listened to was. It might have been Tim Ferriss. I've listened to his podcast for, for many years. Um, that's a great one. Um, I think we were on the same journey, man. I think his pod was the first one that I actually started listening to regularly. Uh, mm. I, I can't remember who I was listening to before that. I, obviously, some. Ah, oh, I know. High time preference. Um, the football ramble was uh, was one. Uh, God, that would have been back in like um, 12, 13, 14, 15. I don't know. Whenever those guys I can. Yeah, I can remember now listening to it uh, on the way to work. Uh, there was another podcast. So I started listening to business podcasts as well. Um, finished my career in the commodity market. So I would listen to like two or three weekly updates of what was going on in the commodity markets and the corn markets, soybean and whatever else. Um, yeah, that they, they, they are such an incredible way to like that, that dead time that you have, like the commute is the perfect, perfect place to really start layering on top of your knowledge. And if you're doing it industry specific as well, you're, you're just getting so ahead of your peers and your colleagues very, very quickly because of the information that you can glean from, in air quotes, like uh, experts within within your field. Uh, it just, there was no going back after listening to the first couple. But then bringing Tim Ferriss, coming back around to Tim Ferriss and like uh, his, the, the quality of guests that he was getting on and the, the broad like every week was a completely different subject, but you were going down the rabbit hole with that person on that subject that week. And he was, it was incredible. Yeah. That's the other amazing thing about it as well is you have the topics that you're interested in. Um, and, you know, maybe you listen to a few podcasts that always talk about those topics, but then, yeah, the really great ones are the ones that, are quite varied and you don't necessarily know who the guests are going to be and you'll end up spending yeah an hour hour and a half two hours um on this deep dive into a completely 
new area of the world, an area of life, a new perspective. Um, and yeah, it's fascinating. There was that guy that did the history one as well that would just do like three to five hour long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's an amazing, there's an amazing podcast. I actually watched this on YouTube, but it originally was a podcast called um, Fall of Civilizations podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and it goes into the history of, um, yeah, civilizations all the way back to like the Bronze Age. Um, talks about Roman Britain. Um, one of the, the I think the the Han Dynasty in China, and he just talks. He basically gives you the, a deep dive into that civilization, um, and then what went wrong um, at the end, and, and kind of why the downfalls happened. That's an amazing one. But yeah, I have to say that the YouTube is actually good because they've added a lot of visuals to it, which helps. But yeah, that's an example of of how you can really go on a deep dive. How many of those civilizations fell because of hyperinflation or money fuckery? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to um, give you an answer without knowing for sure. But um, they, what was quite interesting is they all quite rapidly deteriorated, which was quite scary. Um, but yeah, I definitely would recommend that. Right, cool. So then what led you to think about um, podcasting, lightning, Bitcoin? Where, where does Bitcoin fit into this, this whole journey of yours? Yeah, definitely. So big credit to um, Adam Curry and Dave Jones from Podcasting 2.0. So they created this um, standard. It's an open standard that integrates the lightning network into the RSS feed, which is the bedrock of how podcasting works. Um, and Podcasting 2.0 as a movement aims to preserve the open nature of podcasting, which is something that has been amazing for the past 10 plus years. And we're starting to see um, the bigger players like Apple and Spotify try to centralize the podcast ecosystem so spotify are actively moving away from rss um and you know they, they say it's because rss as a format is limited but actually they're just trying to you know centralize uh control and, and build a, a, a monopoly around podcasting just like youtube have done with video and so podcasting 2.0 is is a movement to try and preserve the open nature of podcasting um, and they're introducing all kinds of new features into the RSS spec, one of which is the value for value payments over the Lightning Network. So full credit goes to them for coming up with that. Um, it just so happens that um, we were, you know, we, we had the first version of Fountain built, which was very much centered around the clipping because a big personal, you know, problem that I've had with with podcasts is is number one um I have too many podcasts to know what to do with in my feed every day and I feel like I'm missing out on some incredible content and so I was like how can we make it easier to pull out the insights from some of these episodes and share them and discover them so that's where the clipping came in so we had this first version of Fountain in beta we were testing it and then you know I was following um what was happening with podcasting 
and saw the the lightning spec and was like we've got to do this it's a no-brainer um it, it makes so much sense and also every podcaster that we that we spoke to was really excited about it as well because it's an alternative to things like patreon which just don't really make sense um for for a variety of reasons so yeah that's that's kind of the uh the order of how things happened when were you exposed to Bitcoin? Though? Were you already primed for Bitcoin or was lightning the first kind of like flashbulb for you? No, I was definitely already primed. Yeah. So I got very lucky um, and I was introduced to Bitcoin very early in. Um, I, it was either I think it was 2014 and um, I had a friend who was really into it back then and um, he was telling me about it. I, I actually did buy some back then, which was very lucky, but I just, I didn't know what it was or anything like that. I just kind of was like, okay, this guy's smart. I'm just gonna, you know, do what he's telling me to do here. And, and then I just completely forgot about it from 2014, probably till about 2016. And then I was like, oh wait, you know, saw the price going up. I was like, oh wait, I have some of this. That's, that's crazy. I had to go and find like my account details and things like that. Um, so yeah, was introduced to it very early by chance, and but only started paying attention in 2016, 2017, um, read the Bitcoin standard, which had a massive impact on me and obviously many podcasts as well. Um, and that's when I started really like believing in it and um, investing more in it um, and following it. And so I was, yeah, I think that answers your question. It wasn't easy to find podcasts back then, though, was it? it, it you had to search around. And it, they, they, I don't, I'm pretty sure there was no Bitcoin only uh, kind of podcast. It was all like that. In 2014? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about it, really, and didn't take the time to dig into it properly back then. In 2016, even, uh, it's still difficult. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think without the, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this on um, podcasts, but without that price increase, I don't think I would have taken the time to investigate it further. And so I was incredibly lucky that I had just by complete chance, um, you know, had a very small amount. And, but when, after a few years that had gone up quite significantly, it was that price increase that then made me think, okay, there is, you know, something's going on here. Let me like investigate further. Man, were you, so you, you, you must have dodged Mount Gox then. So like. I did. I was very lucky. I was very lucky. Um, I'm trying to remember. How did you get the I first actually, coins then? In... Um, so the exchange, I did actually have some on Mount Gox and I, oh. I received the, I received the, um, the notice. I received something in the post in Japanese <laughs> telling me that I was part of some kind of um, yeah claim, but I actually didn't. I, I, I did manage to dodge that one because I think I was using um, Bitstamp in the end that because that was around back then. So yeah, explain that to to the listeners what Bitstamp was, but I don't even remember Bitstamp. Like uh... oh, so so Bitstamp is uh, is an exchange. It's still around today. Uh -huh. and um was that uk based uh yeah i think it um 
it was Europe based. I'm mm. not, I think, and I think they had offices in the UK maybe, um, but maybe they were based somewhere else in Europe. I can't remember exactly. Because I was going to say like to, to be buying coins of Mount Gox from the UK to that dodgy old exchange in in japan this was not an easy thing for for people to be doing right it what this was very very difficult to get any kind of exposure to bitcoin so you had to go through a hell of a lot of um my my son's just joined the podcast uh and left okay (laughs) Uh, you know these this is you know the point i'm trying to make when people um say oh you're so lucky there was no luck involved when you're actually trying to buy those coins like you you had to go through a hell of a lot of work yeah it definitely was challenging and but I, i do i do think for me personally and i'm sure other people were much more intentional about it but for me personally i do think it was complete luck because um it was it was a friend of mine that was saying hey guys you should really like pay attention here and um you should just get some because you never know what's going to happen and so i just listened to him and did it it wasn't it was all not off my own uh yeah but i guess yeah you've got to you got to trust in people and, and and be curious enough to actually do it so yeah so when did you read sort of bitcoin standard you could have only read like 18 he, he released it in 18 i think so was that 18 or 19 that found you yeah yeah so this is another like uh, kind of personal journey of mine you know i'd been holding bitcoin without even realizing what the hell i was holding it was just an investment for number go up you know classic Mm. story you know ex-finance guy sees an opportunity piles in then you read the bitcoin standard and you're like oh my god like what Mm. the hell so what do you feel has has kind of shaped your mind um when you look back over like the last five years, what what's changed within you once you've come to realize what it is that you're holding? Yeah, I think there's probably a few things. I think one is just the belief that in the long term, Bitcoin will just be the basis for every everything financial um, in the world. I just that belief just got stronger and stronger and stronger as the years have gone by. Um, and then I guess the other thing is just around how unfair inflation can be to people that don't have assets. And what's really interesting about this is that it's actually something I've, I've observed from when I was very young, which is... Um, just anecdotally which is people that have assets that are just going to go up in price um go up in value every year so people that own a home um i've I've never heard them talk about inflation really um whereas people that um don't necessarily have those assets are, are very aware of what inflation is and um the negative effects it can have um, and so that was something that after I read the, read the Bitcoin standard and after, after I started getting into it a bit more, um, I was like, it clicked with me back to these anecdotal experiences I'd had where actually, yeah, this is, this is not just something that this guy is writing in this book. This is something I've actually experienced in my life in terms of how inflation 
disproportionately affects people without assets that can kind of like yeah sidestep it so yeah those are two things i think mate that's uh yeah it's well like i said you know you're, you're much younger than, than i am and it's just great to see the people that uh you know are grasping this very very quickly um and and building building something within the space so let's you you, you sell your previous company right so now you've you've probably got a, a nice cushion of cash one would imagine and you've got to think what to do next why did you decide did, did you feel as though you had an even stronger safety net because you were holding bitcoin and that gave you more time to decide and, and make sure that you were really going to go down the path that you knew would be a passion for you rather than just fall into the next project um yeah so one thing the the company sale wasn't a life-changing thing it was very much you know we'd gotten to a point with the business where we wanted to just move on and do something different um so it definitely wasn't like life-changing like i needed to like look for you know work uh, and that sort of thing so i did quite a bit of contracting that year as well um and but i think the interesting thing was yeah i came at, at fountain from the audio perspective and from you know the the excitement I had around podcasting and um you know the I just thought it was a, a space that had a lot that could be done to improve the experience so that's where I came at it from um and then it was like two parallel tracks that converged in a really nice way because you know having more free time as I was deciding what to do next gave me more time to read and learn and one of the things that I was reading and learning about the most was bitcoin so on this one track, I'm, I'm learning about Bitcoin. I'm getting more into it. I'm investing more into it. And then this, on this other track, I'm thinking a lot about podcasting and audio and how, you know, we can build a better experience for listeners and, and enable some new ways for discovering great audio content. Um, and then at that moment, the Lightning Network was developing, you know, again, credit to Adam Curry and Dave Jones at Podcasting 2.0, they'd introduced the, the value for value standards and it just clicked together as like, okay, this is, this is perfect for, um, yeah, what I want to do. Let's talk the users through an experience on, um, well, the, the potential users, excuse me, an experience on, on Fountain App from the minute that they download it, because it's very easy. It's on uh, iOS and Play Store, right? You can, anyone can download this app. What do they do next? Yeah, so the app's live on iOS and Android, so you can download it now. Uh, you do have to create an account right now, which we've had a lot of feedback um, about. So we are going to add an option where you can just jump straight into listening um, without creating an account. So, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, once you're in, you can import all of your podcasts from uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, or All you right, can just don't, don't, don't wash over that. I think that's pretty important because I think people are very, very sticky to their, um, I, for example, the one I use on my Android was a uh, podcast addict. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously on Apple, it's all built in. It's just your, your podcasts through the, the, the iTunes store. Right. But what you're saying is don't worry. As soon as you open a, a fountain app, there's two or three clicks you go through where all of your favorite subscriptions and shows just turn up in your library is that correct yeah so we have it we have the import for apple and spotify uh, we mm -hmm. don't have opml 
import yet, but that's coming very soon. Mate, that's very cool. Uh, I, I, whatever, that blows my mind. So <laughs> I can't, is that a lot of work? To me, it seems like a huge amount of work behind the scenes. Or is it just a few lines of code? And you, yeah, whatever, Dan, move on, next question. No, yeah, it, it is a lot of work. We've put a lot of work into Fountain, but I definitely think that it's still really early. And to all of our users, if anyone's listening on Fountain, thanks for your patience um, with all of the bugs that we've had. But yeah, I mean, we, we want to create the best listening experience for podcasts. Um, and we also want to create, um, we want to create a connection between the host of the podcast and the listener. And the way we create that connection is over the Lightning Network um, by the listener sending value, but also, you know, data to the podcaster. So one of the things that's really interesting about the boosts that we can send. So think of a boost like a tip. It's you're listening, you hear something that is really insightful or that makes you want to learn more or throw out a question. So you hit the boost button in Fountain, you attach a message to that boost button uh, and that goes directly to the podcaster, you know, with the number of sats that you want to send, the message, who you are, so your username on Fountain, um, and also the timestamp and the episode that you were listening to. So not only is the podcaster receiving value in terms of Bitcoin, but they're also receiving value because they're, they're receiving feedback on the episode. And also there's a connection that's being built between the host and the listener. So, yeah. Well, where does the message turn up for the podcaster? Yes. So this is one of the things that is challenging right now, but yeah. we're working on, <laughs> on ways to, um, to make this easier for podcasters. So the messages and the other data that exists that's useful is attached to the lightning transaction in the TLV records. And so right now, if you're running your own node, for example, you will actually need to run a script to extract that data and you know display it in the way that you need. There are some services out there that make this easier. Um, so one is called Satoshi Stream, which allows, it's a Telegram bot basically, and it allows you to, it passes the TLV, TLV records for you so that you can see the messages, you can see the episode IDs and titles and things like that. But this is one of the things that uh, we're, we're working on ways to make this easier for, for podcasters to get started. Yeah, mate, it's um, it's very cool. As a podcaster, uh, you know, everything that you are explaining uh, is very bullish for, for this space. And I, I'm, I'm wondering now, for other podcasters that are listening, I know there's probably very, very few of them, but how do they sign up to this value for value network so they can get their podcast. So if somebody does download Fountain app and they start listening to the podcast that, you know, they want to be a part of this, um, what's, cause there's a few steps for them to, to undertake, right? Yeah. So step one, if you're a podcaster that wants to receive value for value streaming payments over lightning, step one, go to podcastindex.org and make sure you're, podcast feed is in the podcast index um 
this index is again maintained by um, Adam Curry and Je Dave Jones from Podcasting 2.0. So make sure your feed's in the index, it should be already. Step two, go to podcasterwallet.com. And this is a tool that Podcasting 2.0 have set up that allows you to um, put your Lightning address uh, in the RSS feed. They kind of do an override. So once you've done, if you're running your own node, once you've done that, you're, you're all good to go. You're set up to receive uh, streaming payments from not only Fountain, but any podcast app that supports this standard. That's the beauty of it is, is this is not something that Fountain uh, have control over. This is an open standard that anyone can use. So it has to be from a node you're running. You can't do it from like a wallet of Satoshi, just putting it or any other kind of lightning wallet. It's got to be the node. Yeah. So you do have to have a, a, a node public address um, that, as I said, there is a service called satoshis.stream, which is, um, which works as well. Um, but I would say if there are any podcasters listening, we're working on some ways to make this much easier. So send me an email, oscar at fountain.fm, and we can help you get set up because, um, yeah, even if you have your own node, it's useful to extract all of that data that you'll be sent by listeners. So, yeah, email me and we can help you get set up. Is there going to be a time where, obviously, I have a fountain um, account, uh, I have a wallet. Uh, why can't the sats just stream straight into my fountain wallet? Yeah, so we're working on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're working on that. So yeah, we'll have something to share very soon with that. But yeah, that that's ideally that's what should happen. It, it should be a circular flow of value. So your listeners send you sats because of the amazing podcast that you've put out. And then you send those sats back out in turn to the podcast that you listen to um so that's that's what, where we're trying to get to right cool so let's get back to the user experience somebody has listened to the show they've opened fountain app they've downloaded it um they've imported all of their favorite subscriptions from the other services so they're just ready to go but how do they start streaming sats they've got a wallet to fund right yeah so we have custodial wallets built into fountain um we're looking to add um a non-custodial option as well but that's probably a bit further down the line so right now we have custodial wallets in fountain so you create your wallet on fountain and then you uh send bitcoin over the lightning network into fountain um in the same way if you if you've used a bitcoin lightning wallet before you it will all be very familiar for you and once you've done that, you're ready to go and you can start streaming sats to podcasts. Right, yeah. So you open your wallet here and it just says add funds uh, powered by lmpay.co. Uh, please choose the number of Satoshis. Um, yeah, then you can choose 2,000, 10,000, 50,000. What's the next step after that? Yeah, so you create the um, Lightning invoice. Yeah. Yep. And so I hit 10,000. Yeah. Then it says yeah, copy invoice just, address. Right. Yeah. So you've got the invoice address and then you can just pay that with your favorite Lightning wallet. My personal yep. favorite is Blue Wallet. Um, so for, if there's anyone listening who uh, hasn't used the Lightning network 
or is unfamiliar with this, my personal recommendation is Blue Wallet because that has a really clean interface. Um, you can connect it to your own node if you want to as well. And you can also buy Bitcoin through the wallet directly. So it's a great option all around to recommend to people. And that's Blue Wallet um, that has, uh, and Blue Wallet Lightning, right? I think they're separate apps or are they all in one now? I think they're all in one, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, and what's cool as well about your one, you can withdraw, right? So if, if people uh, feel as though they're not getting the value that they want, they can just withdraw from their wallet and, and close the app and you know move on with life. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So now you have to set um, the amount that you want to stream to, you can set this up specifically to each podcast or you, will you tell me? Yeah, so right now it's a global setting. So you can change it depending on which podcast you're listening to. But yeah, you, you will set the amount of sats per minute that you want to stream. So I'll normally set 50 sats per minute or 25 sats per minute, depending on how generous I'm feeling. And <laughs> then you also set your uh, standard boost amount. So how many sats are you going to boost at a time? And obviously you can change this depending on how you're feeling or depending on how much value you've received from that particular episode. That's the great thing about this um, is podcasts are very much you often will dip in and out. You don't necessarily get the same value from one episode as you do from another episode. And so asking your listeners to sign up to, for example, a Patreon where your listeners will pay you, you know, $3 a month or $5 a month or $10 a month. It's not the greatest model for podcasting because of the variance in value across different episodes. So one episode you might be absolutely blown away by and you think wow that's really changed my perspective on so many things I really want to thank the podcaster or, and the guest um, and so yeah this model of boosting along with sending that message is just much better for podcasting one thing as, as well you can do as a podcaster is you can add episode level splits to your value block so what this means is if you have a guest on the show that you would like to split the value, you can mm -hmm. do that. So let's say you're interviewing somebody who has an amazing cause um, or is, is doing something that deserves supporting. You can say, okay, guys, for this episode in particular, all of the sats or 50% of the sats or 75% of the sats are going to go to this person. So hit the boost button and, you know, send, send a large amount because it's going to go to a good cause. So that's another thing because we're built on lightning. We have all of this flexibility, man. That's amazing. And what you're saying about the boost, um, kind of resonates with me because I do a lot of pod, uh, listening. If I'm like in the garden doing like, uh, you know, all kinds of, whatever i might be chainsawing down trees and chopping up wood and whatever and i got big gloves on and i'm not tapping a boost button there's no way in the world or i'm driving or i'm washing the dishes and my hands are wet this is generally when i'm listening to podcasts it's not like i'm sitting there listening getting the revelations and then going to the boost button oh yeah this this part's great this part's great but you can retroactively go back and and find the part or just send that boost with the message um 
And for those people as well, that, uh, you know, maybe they have the epiphany in six months time is taken that long, but then they've had all of the stars have aligned in their minds. They're like, oh my God, I heard so-and-so talking about this on that podcast six months ago. You can still go back to that podcast, find it, add the message, boost the payment, send a thousand sats, whatever it is, and just a thank you. This is very, very cool. Like it's a, a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's really exciting. And the flexibility that we have, you know, we don't even know the kind of interactions that are going to be happening between listeners and hosts in the future, because we'll have to wait and see. And, um, but the great thing is from a financial perspective, we've got the flexibility because we can do um, uh, everything over the lightning network. Now let's get to uh, the clipping because this is a very cool aspect that you guys, uh, I, I think this is going to be the, the, the funnest thing for people to play around with. Yeah. So let me explain the clipping on Fountain. So yeah, as I said before, what we're aiming to do is allow listeners to create and share clips of their favorite moments within podcasts. And you see podcasters doing this already. So I'm sure all of your listeners will have seen podcasters promoting their podcast on Twitter or other social media using audiograms. Um, it's so a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the podcaster will take their, what they think is the best moment of the show or an enticing moment and, and share that as a video on social media. Now that's great, but yeah, it's quite a cumbersome process. And also it's just restricted to the podcaster. So with Fountain, we give that ability to every single user. So when you're listening on Fountain, you can create a clip and you can create that clip through the transcript as opposed to messing around with the audio wave and timestamps. And this makes things much easier because contextually, if you're trying to um, distill a moment from the podcast you're listening to and also hold in your head the start time in seconds and the end time in seconds or you're scrolling through an audio wave, it just makes it very difficult. So we do it via the transcript. So you'll see the transcript of the podcast. You'll be able to select the text of the bits you want. And once you've selected, you can edit, you can cut bits out to make it really concise. And then once you've done that, we'll use the edited text and the timestamps on the words to actually create the audio clip. Um, so yeah, that's how it works on Fountain. And we think we've made it much easier to create clips that are concise and that distill the insights from podcasts. One caveat and problem right now <laughs> is that we're using a commercial transcription service. So it does cost us to create these clips. And for that reason, we only transcribe the episodes when you hit that clip button. So there's a bit of a delay of like two to three minutes. Um, so the, the user experience is not ideal. It should, it, there's a lot to be done still, but I think eventually we'll be able to get it to the point where we have instant transcription available for every episode. And yeah, I think it's been really fun to see what the clips people have created and also we have social features on fountain so that you can follow people you can see what clips they're creating and you kind of get a window into what they're listening to 
um, on their podcast, which is fun. So in an ideal world, somebody's listening to a podcast, they get to a part in the show where the last two minutes has just blown their mind. The minute that they've started listening, they've just hit the clip button just to transcribe it, just um, in case something like that happens. Mm -hmm. Once they've finished, they think to themselves, right, I'm going to find that exact point. Um, you go, you hit the clip button, you go to the transcription, you found, you find like it's an hour into the show, you find that exact point, you highlight it, and they're even in blocks, right? I like the way you do that. They're in blocks. Yeah, they're, they're in blocks because if you have a, yeah, if you have a long episode, an hour and a half, you don't just want one big text block. The blocks are, um, think of them as like the monologues within the podcast. So it makes it just a little bit easier to find the bit that you want to clip. So yeah, you select the blocks that you want and then, then you can actually edit the text. So you can say, okay, this bit was an interruption or sometimes it could even be an ad as well. Um, so you can cut those bits out and then uh, Can, can the you cut out together. ums and ahs and things like that? Or Yeah, you can yeah. cut out ums and ahs as well. Hmm. And then once you've made the clip, you can share that directly onto Twitter. That's just another click of a button. Yeah. So we, once you've created the clip, we will create a video version of that clip, uh, which is just like an audiogram that you would have seen um, other podcasts sharing. And then you can share that video onto Twitter or any other social media or in a direct message to somebody, or you can just download it and save it if you want. So yeah, and, and that's great because um, it's a great way for you to share something that you've learned. And you know, I think that's an amazing thing. But then also for the podcaster, it means that they're not the only one doing the promotion for that particular episode or show that the actual listeners are doing it. So you, you help the people that are following you on social media because you're sharing an insight with them. You're essentially teaching them something. And also you're giving back to the podcaster that you're listening to again, because you're helping them promote that episode and show. So it's, we think it's really beneficial. Uh, there's still a lot to do with the app to make it even easier to create and share, but we're, we think we're on our way there. I would layer on top of that as well. As a podcaster, as someone that's played around with the app, as someone that has put the clips out there and uh, I have seen what, um, you know, you and a few other people have put clips from, from my episodes onto Twitter. Uh, it's not the way I feel about it. It's not so much, oh, this is great. They're helping get the show out there. It's more, you are, um, we're doing the, the best and the greatest service to the guest that we possibly can, because it's their time that they've given up and it's their thoughts that we're all um, benefiting from. It's, it's their expertise, their insights, their knowledge, their work that needs to be celebrated. And of course, when you hear these clips, you almost rarely hear the podcaster's voice. It's always the answer from the guest. Uh, and that is huge amount of value to the guest, especially if they're trying to reach more people. Maybe they've got a book out there. Maybe they're trying to promote a new business like you are right now with Fountain. Uh, this is, um, I, I think, the the real key to it, that, that it, it showcases the work that people are out there trying to do. And I think it's just, um, there's no stopping it. 100%. Yeah, well, hopefully we can continue to improve the user experience and make it even easier because yeah it is still 
lacking in some places but I, yeah i would love for everybody to to give it a go and try and create a clip from their favorite show and what uh yeah feedback as well i suppose from people and, and you've already given out your uh, oscar at fountain.fm right that's your email address so if people are playing around with this any problems that they're experiencing they can just reach out with you know to you and you'll look into it and get back to them personally 100 percent, yeah so yeah if you love podcasts um and if you're obviously if you want to see um you know a, a company building on bitcoin succeed i would love it if you downloaded fountain tested it out uh listened to a few shows tried creating a clip try creating some clips uh, try sending some saps to your favorite shows as well and yeah if you have any feedback suggestions please do email me oscarfountain.fm respond to every email and the things that are early users are, are suggesting we're, we're getting them built for them so anything you want to see in a podcast player just email me and we'll build it for you <laughs> this is the way if you guys I mean, is, is this just you you're a one-man team or there's a bunch of you working on this how's the how's it set up over at fountain yeah so there's just it's me and my business partner nick so there's just the two of us um so yeah we're still very early full team um and yeah looking for as much feedback we can get what about the the next stage does this go to the point where you're going to need to hire someone are you going to be looking for investment this has been bootstrapped as far as i'm aware so far yeah up until this point yeah so we are looking to actually hire someone we do have uh, some funding uh, now so we're looking to hire a mobile developer that has experience with flutter the apps built in flutter um so yeah if you're interested in working on something like this again send me an email um, but yeah, we'd like to, there's a lot to do, um, mm -hmm. in the app still. One thing with podcasts is there's a lot of niche features for the listener that we need to make sure we deliver and deliver in a, in a great way. Things like, you know, we still don't have a sleep timer in the app, which is something coming very soon, but yeah, a lot to do still. What's a sleep timer? So a lot of people listen to podcasts as they're falling asleep. Really? And okay. they like to, yeah, and they like to set a timer so that they don't go through the entire episode. So maybe they normally fall asleep in 15 minutes or 20 minutes, half an hour. So a lot of podcast apps will have a sleep timer so that you can auto pause the podcast after that time. So that's an example of a feature that if you've been listening to podcasts for years, before you go to sleep, you're not going to switch to fountain unless we add that feature. So there's a, a few things like that, that we're still need needing to add into the app. And then also, yeah, on the clipping side, we still need, there's a lot we need to do there. So yeah, a lot of work to do still very early days. Uh, fountain premium. What is fountain premium? Yeah. So fountain premium is a premium subscription that allows you to create playlists of your favorite clips. And also right now we do add a 5% fee to every Bitcoin transaction that you send. So the reason we add it as opposed to take it away is because for the podcaster, it's important for them to see the, the full amount because some people like to send, you know, a number of sats every time that uh, is relevant to them or that they like the number. So yeah, we do add a 5% fee, but with Fountain Premium, you can take that fee away and it's just $2.99 a month um so it's, it's very cheap and you know you'll support fountains development 
and we use the normal in-app purchase mechanism for that. And is that the business model going forward? Because obviously you guys are running a business, you've got to make money out of this somehow. You can't just throw a fountain app out there and expect people to <laughs> ping sats to each other and not you guys, at, you know, to thank you guys for building the, the platform in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the, the business model. We'll take, we'll add 5% to every transaction. And then we also have our premium subscription. Um, so yeah, if, if you really want to support us, purchase the premium subscription, we'd love that. Um, but if not, um, we'll just take that tiny, tiny fee on, on the transactions. Mate, I think uh, you're doing uh, great work here. It's, it's brilliant to see more apps like this coming out. I mean, I, I guess, would you say you're in competition with, with Breeze and Sphinx or this is just another, how, how do you guys look at it? Yeah, I think we are in some sense, um, but then we're taking very different approaches. So, um, for example, Breeze is an amazing app, but they're, they're doing so much with Bitcoin and Lightning that's not to do with podcasting. Fountain is focused 100% on podcasting. We're a podcast app first and foremost. Um, and yeah, we're, we're not going to do anything separate from that. So I think we are competing in some ways, but then at the end of the day, we're also all competing against the big traditional players in podcasting apple and spotify and uh, and others so yeah we, we are competitors but in a way that we're what's that phrase a rising tide lifts all boats you know we're trying to create this new model for value exchange between um content creators and the people that consume that content and built on the lightning network and yeah we can all help each other doing that do you think Apple and Spotify wake up to this one day or they're just too big and too blinded? They just don't care. I think they're going to have to wake up to it at some point, but I don't think they will in the short term because fundamentally it goes against their strategy that they have in place and their current business model. So for them to make that shift is going to be very difficult. I think eventually they will, but I think it's going to take a long, long time for them to do so. And it's going to be, when they do, it's going to be because they have to do it to, to um, survive. Another Bitcoin inevitability awaits the big guns. Exactly. Because it, they're going to have to, you're right. There's, there's no avoiding it. it, it it's coming. And how, I mean, obviously Adam over at podcasting 2.0, he's, he's the leader here. He, he, you know, uh, stamps the ground with this kind of stuff. Um, I, I would love to know like the kind of numbers that they're pulling in, uh, sats wise, cause they're all like uh, linked up to lightning payments as well. Um, orange pilled as far as I know, uh, you know, got the real passion behind him now. And he's a big voice, right? He's a big name. Apple and Spotify would know they, they must be watching. They must, they must be aware of it. I'm sure they are. I mean, imagine um, Joe Rogan just turns around and says, right, you know, uh, break the contract. I'm going fully on to, like, you know, I've got my, I've spun up my own node now. I don't need this. I don't need the, uh, the eight minute ad reel at the beginning. I'm just going to interact with my massive audience. It would, 
it's gonna happen. It will happen, yeah. He whether him or somebody else, but he's aware he's definitely aware of it. So Adam was on his show and was talking about it. So he's definitely aware of it. Um, I've not listened to that. Damn, I'm gonna have to go find that one. Yeah, he, so and yeah, I think he's aware of it. He sees the value in it. I think it yeah, I think it is inevitable. Um, because also th the other thing about this is as a podcaster, you do have the opportunity to make significant money through the system as well. It's not just, you know, 20 sats here or a hundred sats there. We had last week, we had one boost for 250,000 sats. Huh? On nice. Fountain. Yeah. So you know, I wonder if that was a small amount. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't because there was a message. No way. Yeah, there was a message along with it. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you've, again, go back to if you've been listening to a podcast for a long time and you've got an incredible amount of value from it, you know, I think people are willing to support significantly. Um, and also, even if they're not, um, it all adds up, right? So if you have, you know, a thousand listeners and they all send you a dollar over lightning, you know, that's significant. That's significant um, income. And it's all in Bitcoin as well. So, And it's all non-KYC and it all just turns up in your node. It's speechless, really. It, it, it really is difficult to get your head around it, isn't it? It's like, you know, you're, you're being paid directly across the internet from around the world in real time to reward your time and reward your effort, to reward your content. If, if nobody wants to pay, then they don't. It's only those that actually want to pay and express their, their thanks and their gratitude um, through that. And yeah, like you say, 250, let's say that's 10 bucks. 10 bucks is nothing to send to someone. If you've listened to, like you said earlier, you have no idea how many thousands of hours of podcasts you've listened to. Wow. Exactly. You think about, you know, how much you spend on a coffee. Hmm. And you do that all the time without thinking, without blinking an eye. You know, to spend that on your favorite podcast who you've listened to hours of content and got so much value from, you know, it, that should be a no-brainer to support your favorite podcaster because the amount of time that they've given you, the, the amount of insight that they've given you, so yeah, you should be thinking that way. And I think the reason people haven't been thinking that way is because of these fixed monetization setups. So it's either um, you just consume the content for free and listen to ads, or you do some kind of Patreon thing. But as I said before, Patreon doesn't make sense because Trusted you don't necessarily- Centralized. All exactly. Of... Yeah. <laughs> and also like if I'm paying you just- five dollars a month it doesn't feel special it doesn't feel yeah. like there's a, a connection between us whereas if i send you a personal message and a personal payment of a certain amount and i explain to you 
Hey, thanks for all of the amazing content over the months and years. Uh, really appreciate what you're doing. Here's a custom amount that's a bit larger. For, for the listener and for the podcaster, that's such a better experience. It's so true. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's very exciting times ahead. What um, what else is there coming down the? Uh, the is there any kind of big reveals that you can give? Yeah, so I think we're, as I said before, we're working on ways for podcasters to set up within Fountain and see all of the the data and the. Uh, analytics around who's supporting them the most so um, we're working on that so hopefully that will be ready in a few weeks time and yeah if any podcasters are listening uh, please reach out and also I think another thing that I'm really excited about which I don't know when is exactly going to happen but I think every app that integrates lightning is going to have this problem but the problem of how do you for an average podcast listener that's never heard of Bitcoin before, has never heard of Lightning, how do we get them some sats so that they can start supporting their favorite podcasts? And that's a big challenge that we still need to figure out. The interesting thing is that every single app that integrates Lightning is going to have this problem as well. So I think probably the problem will be solved through you know an infrastructure provider or a third party i mean if you look at what strike is doing in the us like that's a great way to onboard users to lightning and what they're doing with twitter um strike's not available in the uk mm -hmm. uh it's not available in a lot of countries around the world but i think once we have a option that can quickly and easily onboard people to the bitcoin lightning network um, that's available globally, that's just going to make it much easier to introduce people to these new kinds of models. Because to be honest, right now, if you've not heard of Bitcoin, you've not used the Lightning Network before, it's difficult to set up on Fountain. So that's one thing that I'm very excited about. I don't think it's necessarily going to be Fountain solving that um, in an individual way. I think it's something that has to happen uh, more broadly so that lightning gets adopted in many different verticals, not just podcasting. What if newcomers to Fountain app, when they downloaded the app, the wallet was preloaded with a thousand sats? Then we're getting normies, right? Now we're getting noobs because they're like, hmm, there's a thousand sats in this thing. So I can actually, they can just go and immediately start using the, the boost button. Mm, mm. obviously that doesn't sound like a great business venture to you right now because <laughs> <laughs> but i'm thinking there's definitely somebody that could uh help you out there with some funding or a partnership maybe with like a uk-based exchange or something that might be looking to you know help adopt um you know just help orange pill people like you know if they if they find fountain app through whatever there's a noob sitting on the train completely new to podcasts. Okay, I'm going to listen to a podcast because I'm bored of like reading the newspaper because it's all just complete fucking pantomime. So I'm going to download a, and you, they find Fountain app. They're like, what the hell is this? And then bam, they're like, oh, congratulations. You have opened Fountain app. You have a preloaded 
Bitcoin Lightning Wallet with 1,000 Satoshis. That's language I've never heard before, never seen before. This is how it works. You're going to listen to this podcast and it's going to stream 10 sats per minute to this um, podcaster. There's a lot of questions to be answered there for that, that person, right? So I think there's definitely an opportunity for an existing company to kind of like, you know, partner with you and say, we'll, we'll fund your first thousand wallets with a thousand Satoshis. I mean, this, this, this is not, this, this is easy. I'm not blue skying anything here. I don't think. No, I think, I think you're right. Um, I think the way I've thought about it is we could definitely do that. But, but once those thousand sats get sent, then what happens? And I think there needs to be that, that option to top up. I think that has to be, that has to be there in the app. Otherwise, um, the model doesn't work sustainably. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, you're right. That's a great idea in terms of, um, so if you were partnered with an exchange, for example, Mm. thousand sats that runs out, then the, Mm. you know, I need to reload my wallet. You, that Mm. would take you straight to the exchange and you can buy it through them. Exactly. That would be amazing. So yeah, if there's any, any exchanges listening, um, get in touch. But I think as well, the the, the difficulty is difficulty is we, is, and be interesting to get your view on this. Is this going to be a case where every country around the world is going to have their their own exchange or their their strike equivalent and we're going to have to do it separately in every country um because ideally and and maybe it's um not going to happen this quickly but ideally we'd have a solution that works globally um no matter where you are I think because that's that's the whole that's the whole limitation of the traditional financial system, isn't it? Mm. Is that to to roll out globally, you have to go and um, do so much in every single jurisdiction around regulation, you know, partners, uh, team terms and conditions, all of that. Um, so I feel like to to try and replicate that country by country would be, I mean, ideally we wouldn't have to do that, but maybe we will. Yeah, I think right now it's going to be region specific, country specific, and it will be for the next foreseeable future. I mean, like you said, strike, we, we can't get a strike app, I can't get a fold app, I can't get lolly. You know, I, I look across with green eyes over at America, I'm like, <laughs> you fuckers, like you can get all this stuff, you can get sats back on your credit card purchases. You know, Australia, over there, you've got Amber and um, Bitteroo, I think, uh, New Zealand have their own DCA option. We have Relay here in Europe for DCA. There's a few more coming out. Uh, in the UK, I think you're limited to uh, what was CoinFloor you could auto buy with, but now that's, uh, you know, that's become Coin Corner uh, because they've um, you know, entered into a business deal there. Um, what are the other DCA apps in, in the UK? Uh, so I, I would say, you know, Eventually, yeah, it, it, the whole thing will go global because Bitcoin is global money. But for now, we're still stuck in this fiat world and, you know, build locally and build strong on strong foundations. And if you offer uh, to your UK users preloaded wallets, then so be it. Sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. guys across the pond. We can't offer preloaded wallets to you guys yet, but uh, we'll get you one day. 
or um or somebody will build over there and um, make their own one uh, and you know off we go to the races there it's uh competition drives innovation as we know yeah it's a good point yeah and i'll put you in touch with with danny at coin corner because i think this would be a great opportunity for you guys to to, to think about I mean, that's a win-win-win scenario for everybody involved right there. Mm. Yeah, that would be amazing. The listener wins, the exchange wins because they're getting exposed to a new customer base. Um, it's, uh, this is what I love about this space. You know, everybody's out to try and build around Bitcoin. And when you're building around Bitcoin, when the incentives, as we know, the incentives in you know, fiat money are completely broken, you want to wreck your competition. You want to merge and acquire them. Whereas in the Bitcoin space, it's like, how do we work together to help as many people as possible understand the opportunity that faces them and how the world is going to change over the next 10 years? Exactly, 100%. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to partner with, with whoever. Um, if, if, if you could provide that intro, that'd be amazing. Of course it will, mate. Of course it will. All right, well... I got to ask you the final question after that little business kind of whiteboarding brain session. <laughs> if you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? It's such a great question. I didn't come prepared, but I will say based on our conversation today and the fact that you reminded me that the first podcast I listened to and what really got me into podcasting was Tim Ferriss. I think he might actually be, I, I'm pretty sure he has Bitcoin and, and probably a considerable amount, but I don't think he's necessarily orange pilled to the level that we think about it. So I would say, yeah, Tim Ferriss, if I could get him, you know, set up to receive sats through his podcast and talking about value for value and podcasting 2.0 on every episode i would love that that'd be brilliant it's such a huge miss for tim because he's so deep into the psychological side of people like you know what makes them think what makes them tick uh you know once also talks a lot about um psychedelics and and being you know, trying to find yourself and understand who you are. And you know, we know now in this space, like all of this stems from the, you know, the money is broken and truth. And the fact that, you know, our, our main tool for communicating value to each other is a lie built on a lie and completely manipulated by a central authority. We have no, no chance of finding truth in ourselves and once you move on to bitcoin which is complete truth it starts changing you from the inside and it just gives you such a completely different worldview it's so powerful and tim would love exploring that uh, and i would love yeah you're right i'd love for him to actually take a deeper dive and not invite vitalik back on the show like you know, his He's unfortunately getting kind of um, pulled in in that direction, which we all do. Uh, so hopefully, but he's had an Exabo on, right? He's had the, the mm -hmm. that, that I remember that episode vividly. That was like three hours of Zabo and uh, Naval talking about 
I mean, they did touch on Ethereum and whatever else, but given a good overview of what um, mm. Bitcoin was and you know what a blockchain meant, they didn't quite get there on the um, the psychological side of things, which I think is what's going to resonate with him the most. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing, and I don't know. I don't think we're too far off. I don't think we're too far off. Everybody gets there in the end, mate. It's just uh, a personal journey, I suppose. Well, where can people find you on Twitter and the app? What's the best way to download it? Obviously, we've got your email address. Is there anywhere else you want to point people to? Yeah, so you can download Fountain at www.fountain.fm. We're on Twitter, Fountain underscore app. I'm on Twitter, Mary Oscar. Um, You can email me, Oscar at Fountain.fm. And yeah, just if if you love podcasts, um, if you're interested in testing out um, a new app that's built on top of the Bitcoin Lightning Network, please do give it a go. And if you have any feedback, just let me know, send me an email and we can get any features you want built for you. So yeah, check it out. And if anybody wants to help with preloading some some wallets, that would also be very much appreciated. That could even be an individual, right? That's just looking to orange pill some people. Yeah, 100%. All right, Oscar, thanks very much, mate, for coming on. Uh, thanks for everything you're doing within the space. Thanks for building a great app. I clearly will benefit from it uh, i have benefited benefited from it as some sats have been streamed across uh, i know from yourself then you know you listen to the show and so it's been well received thank you very much uh, i actually um funnily enough i tweeted this the other day i think you saw the tweet uh it was like uh currently listening back to one of my episodes on fountain app and streaming my own sats back to my own node <laughs> just because i can <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Amazing. All right, mate. Take care. Great to see you. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. We did say goodbye, Oscar, but then we realized that we had another topic to talk about, and that is ads on shows. Uh, You obviously have an insight to this. I have my own thoughts about it. So let's discuss. Yeah. So I guess one thing which is not talked about much, but is the kind of dirty secret in podcast advertising is that people skip the ads which basically means that what the advertisers are paying for in terms of the listener attention um, they're not actually getting and also on some podcast players for example apple podcast the actual what counts as a download is actually just the app pulling the latest episode. So if you're an advertiser, you know, paying for a certain amount of downloads, you know, how many of those downloads actually get listened to? And then of the ones that get listened to, how many actually don't skip the ads? And so there's something really interesting here um, with the advertising model in podcasting. And I don't think it's necessarily um, lined up. Having said that, I do believe that podcast advertising is one of the best ways to communicate the value of your product or service because um, there's an incredible amount of trust that exists between the podcast host and the listener. 
So if your favorite podcaster starts talking about a product in a way that's authentic, a product or service in a way that's authentic, in a way, you know, they've tested the product, they use it, they believe in it. There's, there's probably no better way of advertising the product than that. So it's this interesting world where podcast advertising is incredible. It can deliver incredible uh, value to the advertiser, but the actual system is completely broken because of automatic downloads and the ability for ads to be skipped. So yeah, just a, just a couple of thoughts there. I've, I've been wondering about that recently. You know, people have got podcast episodes set to, you know, they've been subscribed to mainly, maybe for five years, but haven't listened to that podcaster for the last two years. But that is still being counted as a download on the side of the podcaster, right? That's it. You have no idea whether that podcast has actually gone into anybody's ears. It's just been downloaded on some subscription somewhere. It, it depends. It depends. Different analytics providers um, count it in different ways. So I, I'm not saying that happens in entirety, but it, yeah, it kind of depends. Um, the, the skipping is the bigger, mm -hmm. I think, issue how, with, with... With analytics, you can tell when people are skipping through as well. I mean, how deep does this go? No, you can't because... Um, with, so with Spotify, you can because they do everything through their streaming um, system um, and and that is their argument for basically moving away from RSS and centralizing things um, but with other podcast um, hosting providers you can't tell whether somebody has skipped the ad or not because it all happens on the actual device so yeah hmm. I skip I skip too so and I, I not only do I skip, but for every show that I listen to, I remember how many times to hit the skip button because I'm just used to it. So, you know, I'll I'll listen to a certain show and I'll know exactly or roughly how long the ad segment is each time. So I'll, I'll know, OK, I need to hit skip six times for this show and I just skip straight over. I don't even know who the advertisers are. So, yeah, it's an interesting interesting model this is where i think okay like for, for joe rogan for example i'm gonna skip his ads because i don't need to buy a pair of sunglasses or pants you know like this is just consumption bullshit i've got no interest in well on spotify you can't skip though ah okay so that's I, what I, you know what i'm still listening to his back catalog that's still on my podcast addict so I know I can, I, like you, I know it's like about seven or eight minute ad reel. Um, when I'm listening to a specific interest podcast, like a Bitcoin podcast, I will always listen to the ads um, for first, you know, for, for a while to see what new companies are coming out. Mm. Um, and I think this is... Uh, you know, a lot of the plebs listening are going, oh, Princey, your shills are just like the worst. I try and keep them as, as short as possible and uh, that there's no scripts or anything like that. And it's Bitcoin only companies that um, and this is like uh, the responsibility I feel as well, like, uh, you know, like, like Fountain App, for example, 
um, if you were to say to uh, a podcaster, UK podcaster, like we we need help getting this message out there, can we you know support each other? Uh, because it, these aren't huge deals, right? You might be able to you know with uh, with John Smith just started a, a Bitcoin podcast. We'll throw you a couple of hundred pounds per month. Um, can you just talk about Fountain App for like thirty seconds before each episode? You know that that is a win for you guys. That's a win for the podcast. Who's getting you know a little bit of support and for the plebs that are listening, like, holy shit, there's a new streaming podcast app. Like, I didn't know anything about this. And then they're going to go down and download it. Um, so, yeah, the, there is that I like to try and think of it that I, I'm, I'm really hoping that by, you know, partnering with the, the companies that I've partnered with in, in the past, it, it's helping them grow because it's very difficult for a new company to grow, as you guys know. And so any kind of help at this stage would be would be huge to, you know, such a young company. And in, in such an important space such as Bitcoin, we, we need as many of these projects succeeding as possible. 100%. I'd love to, um, I've got so many ideas um, about this, and I'd love to maybe come on again in the future once we maybe have some more to share. Um, because yeah, there's, I think there's ways we can do this in a better way. Interesting. You mean forget the pre-real, mid-real, post-real bullshit? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds good to me. I'd happily have you back, mate. And I really uh, wish you all the best. So let's say goodbye again. Amazing. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, mate. Take care. See ya. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one, plebs. And Oscar and I did get to chatting after we stopped recording. And he did give me kind of an insight to what they are thinking with this approach to advertising. And it will blow your mind. I can't wait for him to actually implement this. It's going to be something... (laughs) Keep a very close eye on Fountain App. That's all I'm going to say. It's great to be here and speak to people that are building in this space, which I hope you picked up on towards the end there. Helping these companies find their tribe, find their Bitcoiners, convert people into becoming Bitcoiners, finding the noobs. How can we lose, guys? Like, you know, go and hug a noob today. Go and find a normie. Go do something. Go go pill someone go smile at someone and talk about bitcoin this is just you know this ground root stuff that's going to get us there and everybody's pulling in the right direction absolutely love it thank you for coming on oscar and uh, look forward to using uh fountain app more and using the clipping and the transcriptions and stuff it's uh, it's really cool it's good fun plebs go check it out anyway make sure you are this is the last ad reel i can't believe i'm doing this after that Well, look, you know what to do. Take fucking control of your coins, first of all. Get a hardware wallet. This isn't a drill, guys, seriously. Use a hardware wallet. Use Bitbox02, Bitcoin-only wallet, shiftcrypto.ch forward slash Bitten, or use Bitten at checkout. That will get you a 5% discount. You got zero excuses. Keep fucking stacking sats. Do not give up. 
You can use swanbitcoin.com in the US, Relay in Europe, and of course, Coin Corner in the UK. And if you want to get to the conference, don't miss out. Go and order your tickets. Use Bitten at checkout for a 10% discount and go hang out with some plebs on the beach. See you on the next show.